I'm perfect. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. That actually sounds pretty good. Sweet. A lot of the times when, when I plug it in, plug us in to start editing, I'm like, oh, the chair was louder. So I'll like bump myself up a couple yeah. decibels or something. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. I mean, I'm just a loud person. I've accepted this. Yeah, because you're E. I'm E? Yeah, the first letter in your Myers-Briggs. Oh, shoot. Is extrovert. Yeah. E. I'm introvert. I. Yeah. Uh, welcome to the Forest Creek Podcast. Uh, we got really wrapped up in a conversation earlier about personality types and tests. I've been thinking about this for quite a while because mm-hmm. I did my Myers-Briggs thing for real for the first time. I like, think it's funny that you've just found out about this. I, it's not that I just found out. It's that I never paid attention. Okay. So like I'd hear people throw this thing around and be like, ah, man, I, I tend... I, there's something about psychology and academics that I'm like, dismiss. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't pay attention. And then... A lot of people are, because it sounds very horoscopy the way people tend to use it. Yeah. When people like put it on their dating profiles and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm an integer. You're an integer? What does that mean? <laughs> Actually read it and I was like, oh, okay. So mm. these letters each mean like one of two things. It's just put in this order and it's like kind of helpful for determining people's possibility or personality, sorry, yeah. in that sense. So we have into like introvert, extroverted, like, which ways your personality disposed? Mm-hmm. Are you a thinking or feeling kind of person? Are you a sensor intuition kind of person? Are you a judgmental or observer mm. type of person? And again, judgmental here, not in the negative way that like you're, you know, no, yeah, you know, deciding it's people not like you're are lower constantly class. judging people. No, but you are judging situations. Yeah. You're forming opinions about them. Yeah, yeah. It's more so if someone asks you, "Hey, how do you feel about this?" Even though you've just experienced it. So, like, we, what did you think of the movie? It's like, uh, give me a day. So we both took the test, and the personality test that we took gives you like these fun little names for the different personality yeah. tests. Yeah, you're, like, you're the explorer, or something like that. Right? I was like, the protagonist. Yeah, I was the architect. Ooh. Yeah, which is, it sounds cool, and then they also that particular test like to add like an extra letter. Yeah. Yeah, I think we both got the same one. We got A. Yeah, I don't even know what the other letter. We assumed is. it was like assertive. I'm pretty sure, because I remember seeing that in the description. Are you an agreeable person? (laughs) (laughs) We're also going to talk about other types of personality tests, maybe some horoscopes, Mm. and IQ, which is something I've recently come interested in. I'm curious about about that stuff, but Mm. to start off, Myers-Briggs, what are your letters? ENFJ. ENFJ. Yeah. So, extroverted, intuitive, feeler. Yeah. Judger. Yeah. Do you, want, do you think this is accurate to you? I don't. When I did the test, I'd already done it so many times. I've kind of gone through the personality test phase because I used to be super duper into them. But this isn't like which Hogwarts house are you in? This yeah. Is... But I mean, I'm I'm more so I've done it a, a million times. So I'm I didn't know who I am. I don't remember a whole ton about the Myers-Briggs thing. I think it's mostly accurate whenever I read it, but I didn't even read the summary of what the protagonist was. (laughs) I remember there was a phase of, like, Facebook where Mm. you can click into this infinite rabbit hole of Facebook personality Mm. quizzes. And I used to fill out, which of the seven deadly sins are you? Or something like that, right? (laughs) Or, like, uh, which character of X TV show? Or what would be your superpower? Or, again, which Hogwarts house are you? Is, like, one of the most famous ones. Yeah. The people do like where would the sorting hat put you mm-hmm. right which lord of the rings character it's non-stop you can do it for anything people love to do them because they're like i'm a slytherin 
<laughs> Which I've joked before that I am a Slytherin. <laughs> All the tests point me there. Mm. I don't know what to do about that. <laughs> Harry Potter people think I'm evil. Become a snake. Wow. It's all that's left. You, you get should... called a Slytherin, so you become evil. Yeah, tattoo all evil. of your skin green. Well, I don't know how that would contribute. I haven't met one. He's a snake. Not even Voldemort. No, but he got rid of his nose for it. Do you think he did that to be more like a snake? <laughs> was that the purpose? Did he do it? I Was it like a cosmetic thing? Like, I don't feel comfortable with this proboscis. <laughs> he's a trans snake. Yeah. He's <laughs> trans reptilian. Yeah. So... E, I yeah. think it's an easy one for you to say that you are not necessarily extrovert. actually because every test I've taken I'm only slightly extroverted so I'm generally like 56 I've never actually seen a test that put me as extroverted over 60% it's interesting that that would be the case because having seen you in person at parties and stuff it's like yeah really extroverted I think I like the situations. way Matt describes it of like when you're extroverted when you're on that extrovert introvert line you essentially just have a good use of your social battery and oh, so i don't necessarily get charged by being around a lot of people and being at social events it's that i can do so for days on end and then i need an entire day for myself yeah yeah so i'm just really good at using that sort of energy it's funny when we come back from a camping trip with our friends, I was like, I don't want to see you guys for another yeah. three weeks before yeah. I need a good break from everybody. Yeah. 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 And it's like, well, even on, on those camping trips, we'll have times where we go wander off on our own or something yeah. or with just one just other person. need a minute. Yeah. So it's like, well, I'll drive back. We'll hit up IHOP. And then it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. See ya. I'm not looking at this footage. See you in three months. Yeah. <laughs> so like, yeah, I guess that's kind of true. It's like the social battery. I got I. Mm. I consider... It's weird because I was talking to somebody about this. Like, I'm somebody who, who's on stage a lot. I'm on this microphone. I'm in front yeah. of cameras. But I don't consider myself extroverted at all. Yeah. In fact, I get kind of tired out of parties. And it's not always, like, exhausted or anxious. It's just bored. I think... Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah. I actually... I just get, I find myself <laughs> bored. It's like, this is not the place... I, I've described it before as like, I do well where ideas do well. Mm -hmm. So it's like on a podcast, in front of a camera, on a stage, yeah. I can do well there. I think those things are also different from extroversion necessarily. Because extroversion, as far as I can tell, is like it's not socializing and talking with people. Whereas being on a stage, being performative, it's all you. Yeah. You do whatever you want. Being performative is different than being social. Yeah. Yeah. Because nobody's talking to you. They're just looking at you. I think for the longest time, like, I've always been somebody who kind of confused both those things. Mm -hmm. Where I'd be social in a way that was performative. Mm -hmm. And then that would get you wrapped up in things that, you you know, it's not yeah. honest social. It's you're doing a thing. You're doing yeah. a bit. Which can get exhausting to be in. And then you'll be like, oh, I guess I'm not social because I don't like performing this bit all the time. <laughs> Even though you weren't social in the first place, you were just yeah. performative, which is something I found about myself hmm. a lot, especially in high school. But um, yeah, I, I intended or more on the I side. And hmm. I think it's like, for me, it's because I feel the most free when I'm alone. Hmm. It's like there's a special kind of freedom of talking to somebody who knows you very well, because it almost kind of enhances you being yourself. Mm -hmm. But you're only really yourself when you are alone. <clears throat> Yeah. I was like, okay, when I'm myself the most, that's when I'm the most free. Hmm. Right. Whereas I feel like if the more and more people I'm around, especially people that I don't know, it 
adds a layer of like, okay, well, I'm modifying the way I'm acting because I'm not 100% sure that this is the wise way to act in front of people mm. or in this context until I have more information. Yeah. Right? Like at work, the way that I tend to act to people who are my bosses at work, right away, I'll fix yeah. that now. Yeah. I'll get it done. I'll just be as honest and straightforward as I can. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is good because I like being professional like that. It mm-hmm. gives me that air of it. Right? I'm just focusing on the task. It's like, well, you don't you don't want to betray what people think of you. Yeah. Right. But at the same time, you do need to maintain some kind of honesty. Yeah. Right. So that way you can be yourself around these people. Mm-hmm. Which is when in the question of where you can you be yourself the most. You know, you have to figure out a way to be yourself everywhere if you're trying to be healthy. Right? Yeah. It's just yourself is also going to be the person who's doing, you know, the work. Yeah, you know what's interesting on that? Because in high school, I wondered if I was putting on various masks and performances around other people. Because I found, I had a lot of different friend groups, and I found I acted differently in each friend group. What I came to the conclusion of is not that I was putting on different acts for different people. It's that I was able to discern that different jokes would land with different people. Or different topics and things like that. Yeah. It's like, oh, these people are interested in that. These people are interested in that. And I'm interested in all of those things. So I don't act this way with that group. I don't act this way with that group. Not out of hiding anything, but simply because why would I do that here? It's not relevant. Yeah. Yeah. I was uh, talking to a guy at work, one of, one of uh, superiors at work, and mm-hmm. he was just saying, it's like, oh, I know, I like reading, but I like to read about you know tangible things. Not always like even history. I don't yeah. like reading fiction. And I don't even like reading history, but like I like reading economics or mm-hmm. politics or something biographical or something that's like tangible. Yeah. Me, on the other hand, is like I love classical philosophy. Mm-hmm. I love old literature and stuff like that and a lot of fiction. So if I'm going to bring up that stuff, it's not necessarily the most fixed thing to do when yeah. it's with that person. Yeah, there's no point. Right? It's not that I'm not being myself. It's just that I'm trying to find out what's the most effective way to be myself with yeah. this person. Yeah. Yeah. Which, in for me, being introvert, in a room full of people, it's increasingly difficult. And mm. I just get, like, the, the opt-out is to be quiet. <laughs> and there's also, like, sometimes if I'm around a lot of extroverted people who are being extroverted in that moment, like, and I, if I can't get into the bubble, I just kind of revert to being oddly quiet. Yeah, I've noticed that because I tend to go the opposite of if there's a new person bunch of people there i'll ask them questions and i'll talk with them and i'm a loud person in general and if we're at a party and there's music i'm even louder because i want them to hear me (laughs) me on the other hand i just shrink out of existence until i just disappear yeah which you know is in hindsight is like i wish i didn't do that a lot but also like i'm bored i'm leaving it's it's not it's not you're not a boring person it's not something you did you enjoy your time say me i'm out Mm. Like, let's go have a coffee and do one-on-one. <laughs> I'll enjoy that. Yeah. You can have a discussion on stage. Can't really have a discussion in a club or at a rave. You know? It's <laughs> like, a lot harder to hear people. A lot harder. <laughs> yeah, man. Totally. <laughs> so nobody's going to hear you in the first sure. place. Yeah. yeah. I also, like, it's, it's dumb. It's like I can be there and enjoy the moment. I can mm. go to the movie theater and watch the movie. But I'm not interested in sticking around very often. Like, I'll just be here for the brief experience and then zap. I'm out. out. I'll just call the UFO and just beam me up. (laughs) And then I'll, like, try to take some time on my own to just 
decompress from mm. that. Yeah. Whereas I'll generally stay extremely late with the last stranglers. <laughs> like those are some of the times where I love those times too. Yeah. At parties like it's rewarding because yeah, you get the whole big group experience, and the more you stick around, it's like you help clean up a bit, and then it's just you and one or two other people. Oh, I leave before cleaning up. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I like I like sticking around till like everybody's tired. Mm-hmm. We've delegated the cleaning up to tomorrow. <laughs> so now we're just as we're winding down everybody's too tired to keep up their walls yeah. so they're being silly but it's also quiet we've turned down the music now yeah we're sharing the deep stories we're having the deepest conversations mm-hmm. of the night and it's like everybody's too tired to prevent it so that's introverted extroverted yeah and again it's like a spectrum mm-hmm. i think i was actually like 45 percent extrovert oh really yeah so it was like a pretty close yeah thing. but yeah. i consider myself as like i'm if I'm going to pick one of the two, I'll pick introverted because mm. it's like more comfortable. Hmm. I'd rather do introverted things. Yeah. I don't, I don't know because I really like. So we went to a winery today. Mm-hmm. Would you consider that an introverted or extroverted activity? Extroverted because we're with people, but we were with a pretty small group. So it could be on the low end of extroversion. Definitely. Maybe something to that. I know that like the winery itself when we were inside it, people are loud and they're talking, the voices echoing everywhere. Yeah. It had a bit of an extroverted atmosphere. But going to a restaurant, going out to dinner with a small group of people that mm-hmm. you know pretty well, I consider that introverted. Okay. Yeah. Because I'm like, I'm talking to you. There's nothing yeah. I can bring up that you won't know. <laughs> yeah. Same thing with Andres, same thing with uh, Merck when we were yeah. out. It's like, yeah, the people we were out with... They would understand everything. Yeah, I'd say that that's why it's like low end of extroversion. Yeah. Because it's like, yeah, it's it's people you know. It's a social setting, but it's close friends that you know. If it was strangers, if it was people that you didn't know very well, that's mm-hmm. more on the extroverted side. Yeah. Yeah. Like when you're at a wedding and you're seated with random people. Yes. Which is like, I've been in that situation. It's not always that bad, mm-hmm. you know, but it's also like, again, boring. <laughs> if you had sat me at a table alone. Yeah. I would enjoy that actually quite well. <laughs> Which sounds like, ah, oh, that's so sad, so cute, little introvert. So don't pity me. I don't want to be around you. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm, I love everybody, but it's small doses. But go away. It's small doses. I will choose <laughs> no, to be around I think, you. I think the, what is it? I think my brother described my dad like perfectly one time. He was like, yeah, we'll have people over. It's like, yeah, yeah, come on over. It's a great time. And it's like super expert. Like, All right, it's been four hours. Get out of my house. <laughs> he doesn't say that, but <laughs> yeah, it's like, go away. <laughs> so then comes S or N, sense or intuition. Yeah, describe this one again, because it sounded pretty, the description sounded hard to distinguish. You earlier. are confronted with a choice. Your reasoning for the choice mm-hmm. is going to be based off of one of two things. It's going to be based off of what is everything else indicating? Am I going to go with the flow? Am I going to go with where the world outside is suggesting I should go? Or am hmm. I going to go with what inside of me is oh, suggesting? Interesting. Right so okay. are you going outwards or inwards to figure out where your answer is going to come and from? And so sensory is outwards? So sensory is outwards. That's like, oh, I'm going to go with the crowd. Huh. Right? I'm going to go with the flow. I'm going to go with what my senses are indicating to me mm-hmm. is the right way. Versus intuition versus what is my instinct telling me to do? Because mm-hmm. sometimes those two things are the same. You see a fire, you're like, oh, that's hot. Both your sense and your instinct tell you the same thing. Yeah. If you are 
you know, sometimes it's actually quite true of politics a lot of the time. We have people who are, you know, what is the mainstream opinion? What is the contrarian opinion? Yeah. Right. So that's very true in politics. Or, you know, it's like picking style and clothing. Mm-hmm. It's like, what does your intuition tell you you should do? What is your, ins- your, um, mm. what is your instinct tell you will be most comfortable versus what you like in fashion yeah right so there's that difference between sense and intuition Mm -hmm. we both got the same one we both have n yeah your description of this makes me feel like it was i'm more sensory actually interesting because i tend to follow Mm. and so like in recent examples if i'm driving somewhere i'll preface this i could be wrong (laughs) <laughs> i hardly read it <laughs> yeah it sounds right so we'll go with it like in a recent example if i was driving somewhere and the left lane was completely open but the right went the right lane was filled and i don't know i know i have to turn right at some point but i don't know if it's right here and i stuck in the right lane even though it was filled to the brim the left was empty because i'm like maybe the le- there's a reason the left is empty and it goes to the wrong place so I stuck in the right lane and I tend to do that even if it's like if I'm just at like if I'm going to a concert and I don't know where the venue is exactly I'll look for large groups of people and I'll follow them you follow <laughs> someone who looks like they know where they're going yeah yeah, yeah. it's like okay I'll, I'll see what people are doing yeah even to the point, like, growing up, I would copy everything my brother did. So it's like, if he put on shoes as opposed to flip-flops, I would put on shoes as opposed to flip-flops. I wouldn't a... think about where I was going or what I was doing. I guess my example of me using intuition would be, like, I'm, I was hiking mm-hmm. last November. I was, you know, doing a lot of snowshoeing. And I came to this one area where it's like, oh, crap, I turned the wrong way. Now I'm way down this trail mm. that I didn't really want to be. Option A is I can go right and go hike pretty much all the way back where I came, curve around this thing, go all the way back up this trail, or option two, and just beeline it across the forest. Mm. Like, I know what direction the right trail is in. The way there will be hard, but I can make it very easily. Yeah. The go of the flow would be to follow the path. Yeah, take the trails and go all the way around. Intuition is I know what the direction is. Yeah. I'll just go there. And that's what I did. <laughs> So that's like a very literal way of mm-hmm. doing it. But in general, I've always kind of been an intuitive person. Interesting. I um, wonder, I think I'm more S actually. Then. I will seek inter- information. I will ask people is like, will this prevent me? Will this be a hundred percent wrong if I do this this yeah. way? It's like, if I jump from here, will I hit the bricks? Like, will, will it hurt? Yeah. You know? Versus what's, if you're telling me, is there a percentage and it might not be the wrong choice? Mm-hmm. Then I have to think. And the same thing is like my political opinions and philosophical opinions tend to be contrarian because of that. Mm, okay. I'm like, why are we debating ethics? Yeah. You know, it's like <laughs> I already know what it is that I feel is morally correct. Yeah. I don't need to debate this. Mm. I have the intuition that's telling me that this is the way. Mm. You know, something like that. And it tends to be helpful for like deciding on a project because there could be a lot of chaos around you, but then you decide. My instinct tells me this is the correct wording hmm. for this marketing piece or something like that. Yeah. So it can be a powerful thing. You know, there's a famous video game, Far Cry 3. Yeah. They, uh, there's this one line that one of its, the characters says in the beginning. It's like, 
society has taught you how to fail, but you can trust your instincts because they taught you how to succeed. Hmm. Yeah. It's like the instinct is what got carried over from the previously surviving yeah. evolutionary state, right? But at the same time, being able to read what the rest of the herd is doing mm-hmm. or being able to just take in physical space around you and be like, what is the correct way? Yeah. Or just follow the map. That's also very important mm-hmm. because as much as beelining it through the forest saved me a lot of time and energy, I could have been drastically wrong. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it could have been very bad. You know, there's a lot of cases where that happens with hikers and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But that's S and N. There's not really much of a difference. I, I guess like, like you said, you tend to be a little Yeah. Bit I think I didn't look at the percentages for most of the other things and the extroversion thing. I've gotten that 50, 50 something percentage across multiple things, but I think I want to say I'm closer to S than I am N, but I'm probably still on that line of like either 50 or 40%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The next one, and this is uh, an interesting mm-hmm. place where a lot of personalities split off, it's T or F, mm-hmm. which is are you a thinker or a feeler, right? Are you someone who's making your decisions with your head or your heart? Mm. We both got T here. Uh, no, I Did got we? F. You got, I got F. F. Okay. Yeah. Do you feel like that's accurate to you? I would solidly say yes. Yeah. Because I do go through thinking things and I'll plan things out. It's like if you're a feeler, it doesn't mean you're never using your brain. No, because I do plan out my day and meals and things like that. But I'll also suddenly decide I want cinnamon buns and I will get in the car and go get cinnamon buns. Essentially, I'll have a planned day, but that... I will it will mention, change hour to hour depending on what I'm feeling. I will mention that sometimes it might seem like being a feeler is actually very close to being intuitive, mm. right? Yeah. Which, they are very close. I feel like they are connected. Mm-hmm. But, like, you can see you got N and F. Yeah. Right? You got intuition and feeling. Yeah. So, like, going to get the cinnamon buns, like, that could be that could be your instinct. <laughs> that could be just the feeling about something. Yeah. Right? But, like... In a situation where, say, you have to decide who's going to go in which car. Yeah. Or you're splitting up a group. It's like, are you making that based off of your emotion? I think F, it's like, the way I'm thinking about it is it's more, I'm more susceptible to giving in to whatever I'm feeling at at any given time. Like, it's a fight for me to think logically, okay, I need to do this. Like, lately, I waste my evenings because I just kind of want to sit down and watch something, even though I know I need to do laundry and clean the kitchen and I should cook food and I should put away that thing and I should water my plants. And I can do all that in one evening or two. But instead, I will watch some show for three hours or four hours and then go to bed. And I'll be like, whatever, I'll just buy food tomorrow. And then two weeks passes by and I've bought food every single day and wasted a ton of money. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, great. <laughs> Yeah. Or like I skipped one day of the gym this week and that turned into three days. But being a feeling person is like, you know, if we're talking about how that positively disposes you, it's Mm. like it's good to have an account of the way you feel about something. Yeah. And the way other people feel about something, you know, to actually regard the way people are interested or disinterested or Mm -hmm. happy about something. Yeah, I think a positive aspect of feeling, hmm, I don't know how this would relate. Because I immediately went to... Passionate element to it yeah i immediately went to understanding how other people are feeling maybe that's 
Are you an empath? Unrelated though. I'm an, I'm an empath, dude. An I think empath? I'm psychic. Are you an empathetic person? Do you have basic human empathy? Dude, I can look at somebody and their face, and if they've got a scowl, I can tell that they're mad. You know, I just read To Kill a Mockingbird, and then he said, put yourself in that other person's shoes, and I was like, wow, that really clicked to me. And I go, dude, I do that. I steal shoes. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's um part of the positive part about being an F person. <laughs> F person. Hmm. Uh, is not just the way you feel about things but the way other people feel about things being empathetic kind of makes people like a good counselor right mm-hmm. at least somebody who's a good listener or somebody who you know is going to understand and reciprocate your feeling about something yeah i'm a t i'm the other way i'm Ooh. a uh, i'm the thinker you know the <laughs> logical like you tell me your feeling and i go does not compute <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's always kind of made sense to me i think part of it is also being Oddly enough, to me, this is connected to intuition mm. because at least my my lack of F, because like I know this was one of the areas where like I went really far into thinker mm. and hard. Oh, did you get like a, yeah. a super high percentage of it? Yeah, yeah. Which was interesting because it's not, I don't consider myself to be like, your feelings don't matter. Yeah, yeah you're not a Ben Shapiro about it. <laughs> yeah, but I am a little bit in the sense that like, your feelings will matter when I say they matter. <laughs> if they don't, like in this active minute, it's uh, not really. Yeah. I don't really care. Yeah. That much. It's like, yeah. So when I do something, especially if I, if it's connected to that end, if mm. it's connected to my intuition, disregard. Don't care. <laughs> don't care. Especially like, because it's like, you know, let's imagine political causes again. People get very heated and emotional about their topic. Yeah. I disregard it. Mm-hmm. If your thing to me does not make sense, if it doesn't cohere with my end, whatever. Yeah. I don't care. It's, not, it's immaterial <laughs> to me. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Which, <laughs> it's like, I, I understand sometimes when I describe my own personality, I come off very discompassionate. Yeah. This is not my intent. Well, it's interesting because you can come off that way, but... I think what counters that is you're also hyper aware of how people are feeling generally because many, many times we've been hanging out at a party or even just like at a restaurant or something and I'll be saying things and and you'll tell me later, it's like, dude, why did you talk that way or speak like this? Like, I don't know. It was you would <laughs> like, chastise I'll, me later. I'll give you a review. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that story you told, two stars. Went on yeah, too long. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. See, that makes yeah. you sound even less compassionate because I'm just like, I don't care about Jared. Well, I'm going to no, tell him how I think. It's like, it's less so not caring about me and more so pointing out to me how another person was feeling because yeah. I miss that crap all the time. You just go. <laughs> you just you go. Yeah. These things. I tend to like look across the person you're talking to and they're just stuck here. <laughs> I was like, man, I remember being stuck there before. Yeah, 90% of the time you tell me, like, ah, whatever, he's just misinterpreting it. Yeah. <laughs> Which I mean, like, I'm sure I am overanalyzing. Yeah. The, other, the other part of the time is just like, whatever, that person will think what they think. <laughs> I like to think that I am very compassionate with people that I care about. Mm-hmm. If I don't know you... <laughs> if I don't know you, it's like not a great case. Yeah. Sometimes, like, you can tell me something about you within the first minute of meeting you that will make me go, I like this person. Yeah. And then I'll be more, more willing to like, be more and more compassionate. But, like, 
I, especially nowadays, I feel like we have, we are forced to try to empathize with strangers a lot. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's a really easy path to insanity. Because you were not meant as a human being to know that many people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's 50-50 because I tend to overly care about what's, maybe not even overly, maybe a perfect amount, to care about what's inconveniencing another person at any given time. Like, I'm aware if I'm blocking a doorway or something, and I'm like, I need to move. Or if our group is on a sidewalk and there's somebody coming, I'm like, I'll subtly try and get people to move and, like, slow, like, quickly point out that there's somebody coming. Yeah. And just slow, it's like, hey, we don't want to be in this person's way. Even though I was like, I've never met this person. Why do oh, I care? Spatial <laughs> awareness? Like, that, I'm, I'd well, like to anything, be on the wall In, in yeah. social encounters like that, yeah. or even if it's like, I don't know, like, Andres, when we go to any restaurant, and he'll sit at whatever seat he thinks is the best seat. I've always joked about this. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, oh, because, like, when we're walking, when the waitress is leading you down, and you're the first person, you always go to the far end of the table, so everybody else can just smoothly move in. He will go to the farthest outside seat, because that's where he wants to sit. It's like, well, there's four of us, dude, so get up. <laughs> yeah. Either get up or move in. <laughs> like, why would you choose the worst possible seat to sit in? He's like, you're just going <laughs> to stop here and obstruct all of us. Yeah. So we don't have to, like, take the extra steps and walk yeah. out. Yeah. I don't know. I've always tried, when it comes to spatial awareness, I don't know which one of the letters this fits into. Mm. But I've always been like, okay, that person's walking this way. I'm walking this way. Yeah. It happened to me once in the very beginning of high school when I was, like, eighth grade, short yeah. kid and everybody else is like walking to classes i got caught in a tidal wave of traffic in the hallway <laughs> and ended up at a completely different part of the school than i was intending to go yeah i will never let that happen again <laughs> so i've always tried to maintain some spatial awareness well see i think that's a different idea like a different i guess purpose around the awareness yes, is where yeah. you want things to flow smoothly whereas i don't want to be an inconvenience to that person which is like, when I think flow smoothly, it's like, well, this is a convenience to everybody. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Whereas I will put myself in an inconvenient position if it gets somebody else convenient and send them a path through or but something anyway, like that. But anyway, when it comes to the effort T here, yeah. when I think about a problem in general, the mm. way I consider it, I'm like, all right, how do I logically work this out? Yeah. I think that's where I go as well. Right. Even though you're an F. I think, yeah, so that's where I think maybe this is one where I'm on the border more towards feeling because I will try and logically think through it, but I will be, depending on the situation, probably frantic the whole time. Yeah. So I know, like, at work all the time, if it's, we need to make this output, we need to get it out now, but I've never heard of that output in my life. (laughs) So I know for a fact, I go through the logical steps of I need to review notes, I need to Google things, and I need to look up and I need to theorize, but I'll be freaking out the whole time, whether that's internally or externally. It's it's interesting. (laughs) I remember when we talked before about like when we've, the way we've handled different stresses, different problems. And you told me about like a way that, you know, you were telling me about like some burdens that you were working through and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And I remember your solutions to it were all like, I'm changing the way I'm thinking about it so that I can reinforce the way I feel about yeah. it. Yeah. So I can feel better about the thing I'm doing. Yeah. Whereas for me, it was like, I'm just stopping the feeling. I'm putting it, <laughs> I'm putting it aside for a moment and just concentrating on thinking. Yeah. Because if I have a solid thinking foundation, the feeling will follow later. Yeah. 
Right. And it sometimes it works out because it's like, <laughs> it's a good way to get through the pain. It's like, well, I'm going to have to be in pain. Yeah. So let me maintain the thinking and just concentrate on that mm-hmm. because eventually I won't be in pain and I'll be glad I had thought my way out of this. I can't really think like that because I absolutely despise being in pain of any sort. it's interesting because like then you if when it works out for you you fix the pain yeah but when it doesn't work out with you you've changed the way that you felt about something that's actually bad for you yeah to a degree that's negative (laughs) you're like oh i like this being on being on fire actually okay (laughs) i don't mind the melting skin for me i'm like i'm really on fire right now let's just concentrate on the fire extinguisher yeah let's just get there i'll like i'll figure the rest out yeah yeah, it's like, I will reel back and scream at this melted skin later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, like, I guess that's what kind of makes me click with, you know, we, we've mentioned a lot of Stoic stuff yeah. in this while. So, like, when the Stoics, like, when in, when you read in Meditations, and Mark is just like, you're just going to have to be in pain. <laughs> it's like, your perception on it, it's interesting because, again, that caters to what we both talk about. It's like, your perception on it is what's going to cause you a lot of pain. Yeah. So that is very an F way to look at it, right? Mm-hmm. Is uh, my perception is the feeling about it. So it's like that. Yeah. The other way is the obstacle is the way. It's like, well, now I'm just thinking about the obstacle. How mm-hmm. I'm going to logically get over this obstacle. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like there's both sides of it there. The last one is... We we said it was O or J. Yeah, I don't. We're pretty certain. seeing an O. <laughs> I just know that the difference is because well, everybody in our group chat got J. <laughs> so do you want to know why? Why? Because we're all dudes. Whoa. <laughs> oh, no, I'm kidding. I'm sure there's a lot of O's that are. <laughs> I don't know what the other letter is. I'm assuming it's an O. Because Ryan put his personality. I wonder if he got an O. I don't remember. What if it's like a Z? For whatever reason, <laughs> observer. Let's see. Whoa, Kyle got some cool stuff. Whatever. INTJ. Yeah, I got ENFJ, same as Josh. Ryan put his in. I I put a list of them. If you scroll up to. Oh, it was here. Cole. He put it. He got ENFP. P. 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 Perceiving. Perceiving. That's it. Judging. Prospecting. That's it. So if you go up oh, higher, I wrote you know like what? a little description of all. It wasn't things. intuition and sensing. It was intu- intuitive or observant. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so intuitive or observant. Yeah. Which I guess I thought was sense. Yeah. Wow. We need to do the whole podcast over. <laughs> yep. <laughs> hey, man. Three out of four pretty solid <laughs> hey i my phone died earlier today and yeah. i haven't looked at it and i'm just off the dome i felt like that was pretty good yeah yeah i mean same idea yeah we more or less got it you can observe you can sense so judging and judging or prospect are you acting based off of the way that you were observing the situation or your intuition and then are you acting off are you somebody who is predisposed to judge and form an opinion about a situation mm. Or are you someone who would rather wait for more information? That makes sense. Yeah, prospecting. Prospect. Getting all the prospects. Yeah. Yeah. I think related to intuition, related to being able to be an instinctive person, yeah. for me, J is very strong. Mm. At least I'm pretty sure that was one of the things that was higher percentage in. Because mm. I'm more likely. Like, I know when I don't have the information I don't need. 
or yeah. like I know I when I don't have information that I need to form this opinion. Yeah. Because forming the opinion is critical for me. It's like forming mm. the decisive idea of what I'm gonna do next. So I'll know when like somebody tells me, um, here is information bits A, B, and C. Yeah. Um, and then I'll be able. Okay, I know exactly what I'm gonna do. Judge is very fast for me. But if you tell me here's A and B, I'll be like, I will come back and be like, where's C? <laughs> you know? Yeah. There are some people who get, here's ABC, and I'll go, what if a D shows up? <laughs> what if a D shows up? So they stop. And they, yeah. You know, it's, so what that does, it's good for creating people who like to learn, who like to wait and observe and be patient. Mm-hmm. But if you're thinking about somebody who is going to take action right away. Yeah. Or gonna have an idea of what they want or mm-hmm. what they're thinking about if you're intuitive you might even be predisposed to be a judger too hmm. yeah i don't know what do you think i think it's pretty on par i used to i think i used to be prospecting growing up because i would i think going back to intuitive or observant when i was more observant so i would copy people i would wait for people to do things and then i would do what they did specifically my brother but it kind of bled into all aspects of life i would wait and form an opinion based on what other people were doing or even take action based on what they were doing mm-hmm. and it's only in recent years like the last <laughs> <laughs> you're a sheep right wake up me <laughs> but i think it's only in recent years that i've become more judging in that i found me and a lot of my friends were indecisive and it started to annoy me after like a year i was like especially one specific group of friends all of us were indecisive so now i start so throughout our time whenever we were hanging out i would just start making decisions about where we were going or what we were doing and they'd be like yeah all right and nobody would complain and so and that started bleeding over into other things especially as I got more responsibility at work and various things like that and I needed to make decisions without being able to ask anybody anything or confirm something because there was nobody else had the, had an answer so I just had to become more judging and now I can look at things and be like okay this or that that mm-hmm. because now indecision freaking annoys me <laughs> if I can take my yeah. time I will but I'll also tend to get carried away with that. Like a, re- a good recent example is I needed to make the demo reels for our company. Yeah. But And it was like I had to just go through every movie we've ever done and find good shots. Good <laughs> and stuff I was done. making a really long process out of it until one day the boss was just like, I need this done in the next two hours. And so I rapidly created the whole thing in two hours. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was like, okay, I know exactly what I'm looking for and what I need. So I would just ran through all the good clips I had chosen as rapidly as possible and just went this one, this one, this one, this one. Hmm. So if I have the time, I will prospect and wait and make decisions and take way too much time. But if I have a time limit, then boom, I make decisions. I am somebody who's very pathological. Hmm. You know, and I, I think that word, that descriptor tends to be attached to the word liar. <laughs> but being pathological means that, like, I tend to think according to pathos, which is funny because it's like it's well, you'd think someone who was who had the T was more logos exposed, hmm. somebody who was like very logical. 
my thing is I think about stories a lot so mm-hmm. I tend to think in stories and hmm. I create the story in my head and so that when I am hearing things I'm putting them in the order of the story yeah. and so that makes it easier for me to process the idea so that helps me do those two things it's like it helps me form the instinct the N yeah and then it also helps with the J because I am quick to make my opinion about something or render judgment on something based on where and how it fits into the story. Yeah. If I see, look at, you know, a politician I don't like, I'd be like, that lady looks like a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> that was a really quick judge yeah. right there. And it's like, I didn't even have to really listen to her argument. Yeah. But when I do listen to it, it's like, eh, vampire. Yeah. <laughs> Some things are in there, right? It's not... Like, I do want to be an open-minded person, and I try to be. It's like, I think to some degree I'm open-minded, but, like, especially more recently, I've started to go, no, I'm pretty secure in what I believe and what I think, and I don't need to jump into everybody else's world. Right? Mm -hmm. It's like, why be open-minded if it does not profit (laughs) me, you know? Yeah. Just... (laughs) Along the axiom of selfishness that I tend to... (laughs) you know like to portray in myself yeah it's i render the judgment it's like does this fit into the story especially if it's the story where i'm looking for my happy end Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. so i can listen to what somebody's saying or i can see what kind of problem they're facing and i'll do my best to listen to them and be as compassionate as i can but in my head i'm like you should probably stop eating snickers (laughs) that's <laughs> probably one of the things that's bringing you down yeah but like, i don't know man i just i don't feel like i can't leave I feel depressed i was like you should leave because it's <laughs> making you more depressed you know so i'm pretty quick there but it can make you discompassionate mm-hmm. which is something that does show up for me a lot i'll be like i don't really feel that much for you you could get off the couch <laughs> and start doing things yeah you know? i tend to get on that path like caught up in what somebody is saying and how they're feeling and try and think of ways to help or whatever. But then at some point I've gotten a lot better at this in recent years, switching to that mindset of, yeah, yeah, eh, you could fix that. I'm not, I don't need to help you. You don't need me. Because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it sounds discompassionate, but it's like, I've actually, I've gotten along the strain. I had like a, an inner thesis of being more selfish. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's Interesting. like being more selfish. Like again, it sounds ca- oh yeah. Most people have the opposite of I'm too selfish. I need to be less selfish. I was like, well, look, I'm being selfish because it's actually helping me be effective, mm. so that I can be empathetic and be helpful to others in a way yeah. that matters. Put on the gas mask yourself before you apply it to your children. Being a social media influencer about every cause is a waste of your time. <laughs> It is. I'm sorry to say that. You can sign a million petitions and read a billion articles and be have no effect on the world mm-hmm. around you. You can argue with people on the internet all day <laughs> and not change anything. If you concentrate on yourself, if you Jordan Peterson your room up, <laughs> if you figure out how to fix your life and put it on a better track, you're actually better equipped and better disposed to help people in general. Mm-hmm. So I always think selfishly. When someone's telling me to be inclusive about something, it's like, yeah, on its face, that sounds like a good idea. But if I really want to weigh out how good of an idea this is, does it profit me? Mm. 
which sounds evil, doesn't it? <laughs> it sounds like the exact opposite of what these inclusive people want me to do. Mm. But it doesn't matter if I'm being inclusive on a sinking ship. <laughs> it matters if I'm being inclusive on a ship that's going well. But mm -hmm. if I want to keep it going well, I have to be very strict and judgmental yeah. about the situation. <laughs> I have to render a judgment here. Yeah. I have to look at the story of like, all right, how's this going for the rest of everything? Yeah. So I can use the metric of let's think, you know, I'll again, I have the introverted, like, I'm not going to just say my opinion right away. Yeah. I have the intuition of, like, I don't know if this is going to work out. I have the thinking of going, oh, let me disregard the feeling here a little bit and just mm -hmm. think logically how is this going to apply to the situation and then the judgment to be like, this does not work. Yeah. Not, I'm going to give you a chance to see how it goes. I'm mm -hmm. going to be like, I don't see you working here. I don't see this fitting. Yeah. Right. And all these things, again, they sound discompassionate. And <laughs> but I use them because I believe that this is the best way for me to be as best equipped to actually help the people that I care about. The yeah. Things I care about. Yeah. Sorry. I don't know how to end the war in Ukraine. <laughs> I don't know how to do it. It's a lot of people don't know how to do it. It's hard. I, I take my hat off to anybody who spends all day thinking about this, especially if it's your job to do that. But if it's not your job to do that, recognize you probably can't really do a lot. <laughs> if you know somebody, send them some stuff, some weapons. Yeah. Some well, send them forty billion dollars. <laughs> if you really don't have any connections to that kind of place, you can shrug your shoulders and go, "Oh, that's bad. How is the garlic bread here?" <laughs> just like, <laughs> like, just kind of go along. And again, it seems discompassionate, but like really, truly, what are you supposed to mm -hmm. do? There's a lot of people in the world. The people you are best equipped to help are the ones who are next to you. Mm. Which is why loyalty to me is also a really big deal. It's important for me to like, be loyal to the people I know and care about mm -hmm. and to maintain that good relationship. You are kind of, you maintain your relationships kind of like a gardener tending a garden. You can see the plants in the garden. You can mm -hmm. see how they're being fed, how they're getting enough light, enough water, enough nutrients. And you take care of them like so. And you, you know, forgive mistakes. You weed things out. Mm -hmm. You know, you cannot garden the entire earth. You can take care of the garden in your yard. Yep. You can't go to a national park <laughs> and decide you're gonna buck out every week. You yeah. could be there a while, <laughs> arguably forever, <laughs> and not make much. Which is where we get to, again loyalty important to me. That's where we would get into star signs. I'm loyal because oh, I'm a Scorpio. Snap. Uh, You're a Scorpio? Yeah. I always wanted to be a Scorpio growing up because it's the coolest name. It just, yeah, because it's related to Scorpions. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I find it funny. My sister's like, I'm a cancer. I was like, that sounds bad. <laughs> when it, it's like the first time I heard that, I'm I was like, cancer. really? Was like, yeah. Cancer? You're a cancer. <laughs> <laughs> Why would there be a sign called I'm an Aries. Cancer. I'm a Taurus. I'm a, I don't know what. And I don't mean to make fun of people. It's like, I think there's something very real about astrology yeah and the macro mm. the micro is a little bit yeah on the watch like think about it this way we used to navigate the earth we used to plant crops based on the position of the moon and yeah. the stars you know we literally use the moon to track the weeks the months mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. people would navigate deserts and oceans which blows my mind right we tell time we you know the greek myths are full of stories that end up with those heroes getting cast into the sky yeah right so to come around the thing is because planting crops for instance 
you know, mm-hmm. we can tell this pattern of stars shows up in the sky around the time that we're going to harvest. Mm. This is a pattern that repeats in the heavens and on Earth. Yeah. A micro and a macro. I, I brought up today, we were talking about some of the stuff. Yeah. As above, so below is one of the tenets of hermetic philosophy that show up around this, mm-hmm. right? It's the patterns in the macrocosm repeat in the microcosm and vice versa, mm-hmm. right? So we tend to look up there and go, okay, well, if they're repeating in the macrocosm, if the way the stars are placed can change the happenings down on Earth, maybe that's true of individuals. Individuals born at this time of year tend to be more like the personality types that we find on the large scale that are repeated by these star shapes. So we'll associate people born with these characteristics to the star sign, Scorpio, Mm -hmm. or so on, right? Which is where you end up with this stuff. But when they say all Scorpios are going to get into a car accident on this day. (laughs) (laughs) No. Uh, (laughs) Which is hilarious. I mean, it sounds so silly. Mm -hmm. There's a little tidbit of truth in here. And it's not 100% wrong. That's why people read these horoscopes all the time. It's interesting because... this connects with me. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I did some deeper digging into that a while back. And I was like quite surprised that it's like I went to some website where you enter your all the necessary information about yourself to be like here's as accurate as possible uh, a thing for you and I was like geez this is like ridiculously accurate like probably 70 to 80 percent accurate to my personality which was kind of mind-blowing I was like how the heck yeah is this so accurate so like there's I think there's some element of truth going you know, on. Some people would say that like oh cuz they wrote things that are just so easy they can apply to anybody. But that's the thing. It it wasn't. This type of person born on whatever tends to have trouble expressing themselves, like what they're thinking and feeling, and that tends to cause issues with other people. Like that's not exactly generic for a whole lot of people. It's like oh you have trouble I get maybe it is I don't know but like that one thing mixed in with a whole bunch of other things I don't know it seems more specific well, it's I like th- if someone says like I'll take let's take the Scorpio thing for yeah. example someone says you're loyal like that's so, too generic it feels too generic yeah because everybody wants to be loyal yeah but if we talk about like how do you actually practice this in your life it's like well loyalty to me is very important mm-hmm. like I just expressed it's like yeah. if I know you I'll be loyal to you. I'm not going to be loyal to people I don't know. That's why I have a hard time with these macro loyalties. Mm. Like, be loyal to this organization, be loyal to this nation and stuff like that. It's yeah. Like, unfortunately, I'm not very, it doesn't make me a very patriotic person. <laughs> it's like, I like the idea, mm-hmm. but I have a problem with it in practice because mm. it's impersonal, right? Yeah. So, personal loyalty is important to me. Impersonal loyalty, I just can't get behind it. <laughs> um, but, so that that's one way that like this can apply to anybody it does apply to me in this way yeah you know people who are will exhibit other traits based off of their star sign quote unquote it's probably along the same lines yeah i think what what interests me the most about it where i think there could be an element of truth is less so like the aspect of horoscopes and this and astrology where people are basing their actions around whatever the current phases yeah. are 
and more so the idea of how beautiful would it be if God has written about us in the stars. That's awesome. Yeah. That's wild yeah, to yeah, think yeah, about. Like that it's fate like, is yeah. so illustrated. Yeah, right? it's like the whole idea of like God formed us in the womb and, ha- and knew who we were beforehand and wrote about it. That's another actual bit in uh, Hermetic philosophy when it's referenced is called being in the archetype and being an archetypical. Hmm. Right? So you are part of the archetype. Yeah. This bigger pattern that repeats in stories. Yeah. It doesn't always happen the same way, but it happens similarly. The same reason why history itself repeats. Yeah. Right? There's a lot of repeating motifs. It's like, well, because these are patterns yeah. in macrocosm and they... Yeah, and think about the whole idea of the hero's journey and how we absolutely love that. Exactly. That whole story. It is a repetition. We can't yeah. just do the same thing over yeah. and over again. And even again. the journey itself is in a circle. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, there's other types of personality tests. We talked about understanding myself. Yeah, Jordan Peterson's test. <laughs> I like the way Jordan Peterson puts that stuff. It's like, well, fix your microcosm before you go out and fix the macrocosm. Yeah. Look below. See if you can fix what's below you before you start looking above. Right, Ooh. which is a great way to get a handle on it right because everybody's tempted to be like i can't make to next month's rent mm-hmm. i'm gonna look above me it's the, my landlord's fault it's the government's not giving me enough money it's blah 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 and then look below oh that's how much i've spent or this is where i had all this money lying around so jordan peterson is a famous canadian psychiatrist been in and out of the news for a number of things for making controversial statements for having honestly people are just mad at him because he talks on large scale to men yeah that's what that's the way it gets framed i think that's yeah because that's the interesting thing that he's mentioned he's like he's not talking to any specific (laughs) group of people yeah (laughs) i haven't gotten a chance to see him in person i know people who have yeah like at different stages and he has like a long story of like battling you know addictions and Mm -hmm. battling psychoses and stuff like that He's a, he's a psychiatrist who's seen a lot, and most recently he's been in some under some fire, especially here in Canada, where like the board is like holding him. Oh Psychiatry yeah. boards are like, we don't know if you can keep your licenses. Like yeah. why? Because I talked about Elliot Page. Right. Oh my gosh. Can you imagine if we lost our licenses for talking about Elliot Page? Our driver's licenses. <laughs> just, just like we were fired from our regular day jobs yeah, right? for talking about insane. Elliot Page in that episode that will never be released. Um, (laughs) (laughs) got it up you got it all right so understanding myself is a personality test that jordan peterson put together yeah it's meant to be paired i think to some degree with his self-authoring program which is designed to help you like kind of figure out what your life goals are what you care about yeah so the understanding myself it has a different metric space yeah so it's the big five which is also each aspect has two sub aspects but who cares about those? Give us an overview. Number one, agreeableness, which is separated into, this is a lot of scrolling, compassion and politeness. Then there's conscientiousness. So let's stop on agreeableness for a second. Yeah, okay. Agreeableness, compassion, and politeness. Right? Compassion so and politeness. if you're agreeing to something, you have you have to be compassionate to do that. You have to be, get a sense of like what the person is offering to you. And then yeah. politeness is also like, that's the butler part that I talked about earlier. It's like, mm. when someone tells me what to do, I go, yes, sir, right away. Yeah. Right. I don't fight it. There's not really much of a point most of the time. And I can, because of that, I'm open to the compassion of like, why is this important to our company? Yeah. Right. But generally being agreeable makes you better disposed for cooperation. Yes. Right. Yeah. I mean, unless you have Conscientiousness, no. 
yourself. Conscientiousness. The primary dimension of dutiful achievement. Attention to detail, hard work, a measure of obligation. So that whole stuff. Yeah. Your work ethic, how clean you are, how essentially your drive to get things done. Your consideration of how effective yeah. you are being. So like earlier I was saying, messes really don't bother me for quite a long time. And I can even learn to live in them. But so that's I'm because I'm I'm low in conscientiousness. But I would say rather high in agreeableness. Yeah. Because if somebody was like, I'm creating messes, <laughs> you'd be like, okay. <laughs> I think I would disagree with creating messes. <laughs> I mean, in general, if that was the way it was proposed. <laughs> but if someone was like, look, yeah. Jared, we're going to put together an organic workspace. Yeah, I which think is... the funniest freaking thing, man. When I did this, I, I, would, I wonder how much it agrees with me now. But like conscientiousness, the sixth percentile. Like in the top or just the lowest? The lowest. The lowest. Yeah. So the score is out of 100. Yeah. So in a room of 100 people, 94 of them are more conscientious than me. Yeah. <laughs> you know what's really funny? Agreeableness, when I first did this test, first percentile. Oh, really? 99% of people are more agreeable than I got 57. Which is funny because like, like I just explained, what? it's like I'm agreeable on the politeness scale. Yeah. I'm quite disagreeable on the compassion scale. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to know what you got for in like conscientiousness. Conscientiousness is like, I feel like I'm a pretty conscientious That's person. That's so funny. Because industriousness and orderliness, those are the subcategories of conscientiousness. And yeah. I got 7 and 11. Industriousness and orderliness. So orderliness, I got seven. Industriousness, I got eleven. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I'm pretty high in both those things. <laughs> like I would do pretty well at like industrious and yeah. orderliness. Like yeah, I like to like... consider I'm a pretty organized person, mm. and I know how to like structure a project pretty well. Yeah. So I, you know, conscientiousness <laughs> is like that falls within my purview. But it's like the fact that you would start a company, the fact that you've kept it this long, the fact that you've done all the taxes and filed all the things and kept me in undress and put out all these lists i wouldn't do that yeah. i'm not making a company that anytime soon are you kidding me yeah, yeah it's long. like the 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 only reason i'm still in this is because you keep it up so it's like it's going on in the background whether i think about it or not yeah. And that helps me stay into it. If other people are doing things, I'm much better at doing things. But if I'm just sitting alone and I'm supposed to be doing work, I probably won't do work. Interesting. <laughs> That's the observant versus intuitive yeah. part right there. Um, so beyond conscientious, what else is there? What's the next one? Extroversion. Extroversion? Which was interesting. I scored 34 on this. In terms of 34% Like, yeah, so I'm more introverted than extroverted, according to Peterson. That's interesting. Myers-Briggs yeah. would be like, uh, hang on a I second. got 56 on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But after that, because, yeah, that we've talked a lot about that, and everyone knows about extroversion. Next is, this one is interesting, neuroticism. Because this isn't really in any other test. Yeah, and it sounds like a negative thing. Yeah. Doesn't it? But it's... It's interesting because the way he frames it is that extroversion and neuroticism are essentially the opposites of each other because he doesn't label it as extroversion versus introversion. It's just being low in extroversion. Is neuroticism. No, 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 no. Is like, is introversion. Oh, He's okay. not, he doesn't separate 
extroversion and then introversion. Oh. Ex being introverted is being low in extroversion. So there isn't like, he doesn't have disagreeable, he just has agreeable. Yeah, he just has, yeah. oh, you're very, very low in agreeableness. Or conscientiousness, there's no unconscious. Exactly. Yeah. It's like you could call them that and that's reasonable and it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So on this, there is no such thing as introversion. It's just extremely low in extroversion. I see. And okay. the way he describes it is that extroversion is how you experience positive emotion, and neuroticism is how you experience negative emotion. And so if you're high in extroversion and low in neuroticism, you experience po a lot of positive emotion and not a lot of negative emotion. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. In that sense, how how do you do with neuroticism? Neuroticism, I got pretty average. I got 42nd. So it doesn't... I'm average, but on the lower end. I think I have like a high tolerance for neuroticism, mm. but also like a wide gate for it. Yeah. Like I... Hmm. On instinct, I will perceive a lot of situations as being negative. Mm -hmm. But because I perceive a lot of situations as being negative, I have a pretty high tolerance <laughs> for negative situations. Since we're talking about Peterson, I love his quote on that. He's like, it's so, it's such a relief being deeply, deeply pessimistic. Because <laughs> <laughs> everything just turns out well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's interesting. It was like cynics always seem to have the most fun. Yeah. <laughs> because they're always like just hanging around, having a good time, being cynical. Yeah. Even though being cynical itself sounds depressing, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting thought. Mm -hmm. I think Andres. I don't know, but he. I, I like, would think he scored in like the seventieth at least percentile. Behavior-wise, we consider him to be neurotic because yeah. he's like kind of like a fidgety kind of. But person. it's not just that. It's that dude. If he thinks something is going wrong it's it's going wrong oh my goodness <laughs> not a high tolerance for negative no. situations yeah, yeah. <laughs> like we were walking around today just at the grocery store and he's like he saw the price of butter he's like what is this look at this what's wrong with our country <laughs> <laughs> it's like everything is going yeah, it's like he saw the price of butter and spiraled down gas prices in the economy <laughs> i would look at it and be like oh 40 dollars huh yeah. that's weird <laughs> yeah yeah you know, I, I get that i get yeah. that but. so that was we have agreeableness conscientiousness extroversion neuroticism yeah and then this one's another interesting one openness to experience openness to experience I was surprised that I got rated quite low on this, but I also yeah. consider that like I thrive in routine. I thrive in a good routine. Yeah. Right. Um, so I guess that could make you more closed off to experience. Yeah. But I don't consider What's myself closed off. Interesting. It's less so because the way he describes openness to experience, this is the more complicated one because it's the more abstract, but it's essentially that idea of abstract thinking and creativity and heavily on the creativity side it's like do you actually create art do you make paintings do you draw do you make music mm. things like that it's like i it is surprising that you scored low i i would think because it's separated into openness to experience is separated into i believe intellect and because you know me pretty well interesting yeah you know me very well you know I, if i was to say i'm a creative person i'm not yeah. wrong you're not but you're also not right because yeah you're not like i'm like not I'm, an artsy person yeah yeah that's the thing and that's where openness to experience the higher the higher ah. you are the more you're like andres where he draws like that's all he did in high he's school was he made art yeah. he's he's a good artist he loves it but he's not like the highest ever and 
there are loads of people like think of van gogh all he did was paint mm -hmm. all he wanted to do was paint when he didn't have anything to paint on he made something to paint on yeah because yeah. that like that's probably one billion openness to experience and stuff like that no i see that but um, it's essentially yeah that whole idea of ideas and creativity and abstraction where you're much more on the ideas and abstraction less so the creation of some artistic piece and expressing yes. that abstraction yeah that's funny because like we were talking about this earlier in the car i was like i've been kind of thinking about it a lot because i love comedy yeah and i love stand-up and things like that but i'm not a very good i haven't been able to write jokes mm. very well well, recently, like when I'm trying to write fiction, I'm having a hard time incorporating humor into it, despite yeah. the fact that I love humor because I love the abstraction of humor. I love the way that it works. I love thinking about it. Mm -hmm. But write a joke from nothing is so hard for me. <laughs> yeah, I think that's actually very true of a lot of mm -hmm. my work, too, is like the from nothing is incredibly difficult for me. It's like I know when I start to tell the story, when I start to tell the thing that I'm interested in, I can really get grand with it. Mm -hmm. But even like my sense of humor is an in the moment kind of thing. Yeah. I have a really hard time like writing a joke. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Mm -hmm. huh. That kind of that makes a lot of sense in retrospect, this openness to experience. Yeah. I don't know. How did you score on these things? I got relative quite low on that. And I think it was pretty reasonable. Like, let's see what I got for openness to experience. Thirty-four. Oh. Yeah, I think one one thing that's interesting he labels in this is your not just willingness but desire to go to like events and things. Hmm. And because there's a lot of people that are like, I have to go to this concert or this yeah. museum or Burning Man or this comedy show. But honestly, I do like I could and I want to, but I'm not like ride or die. I need to go to this event. Hmm like I've never particularly been that way I could take it or leave it even recently there was a concert for a band I used to like really really like and I would totally go to it normally but I was like eh, I'm kind of busy I don't really want to so I never bought a ticket yeah yeah. I, would, I have a hard time with concerts because like I like music in studio better. Yeah. I like music in my headphones <laughs> I don't like music or in the car I don't love music in a theater when I'm just listening to the music. And I like I've been totally wrong about that if I go see like a good jazz band yeah. or something, right? Yeah. Like I love that. But like if I'm thinking about all right, stand in a crowd of sweaty people. Dude, I'm out. I <laughs> I go I jump into mosh pits, man. It's like I like <laughs> loud rooms. Like I feel a sense of relief when I leave a loud room. Mm. Parties like a recent time I've been to parties like the thump 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 downstairs like yeah. i'm gonna go up to the oasis in the kitchen <laughs> quiet but then enough people would come up there and i'll be like i guess i'm going back downstairs yeah, again, you know? <laughs> yeah. so i always look for the oasis in the party yeah because of that like mm -hmm. i'm not super into the big thump some people vibe it mm -hmm. some people really love guys i was like i get it it's cool when you're in the moment it's awesome I wish I could stay in the moment longer with you, but I'm just here for five seconds and I'm leaving. <laughs> I have famously begun to do what is called the Irish exit. Oh yeah. When you you did it at the last party, I was like, "What the heck? What the heck is wrong?" Disappear. I, an Irish exit is you show up to the party, yeah. you say hello to the host, you say hello to the people you know, and then you disappear. <laughs> you just leave, which is like you made the appearance and then you're gone. Yeah. I've hybrid hybridized it. I come and I hang out and then when I decide I'm good I don't wait for approval I'll just yeah disappear yeah 
I think what's interesting is that you can actually change them. Because what I think about, like how I mentioned earlier, is like I think growing up I was far more prospecting, prospecting than judging, and I tra- I transformed myself into judging. Yeah. And then with introversion and extroversion, I spent most of high school in my room on my laptop. But as soon as I got to college, I flipped the switch. And I was talking to people all the time, and I was essentially growing that extroversion muscle. And I would, like, I literally practiced it on whatever, <laughs> like, if I was buying something and I was at the cashier, I would chat up the cashier because they can't leave. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. Yeah. It's That's like, actually a really good tidbit for, like, if you're trying to teach people to get good at conversation, yeah. talk to your cashiers. Absolutely, dude. Talk to it's your like, waiters. They're not going to leave. They, can't they have go. to be nice to you. Well, they don't have to. But, and the the most important thing, the interaction is going to last like a minute, maybe five if it's if they're really bad at their job. <laughs> it's interesting because it's like when we sit down at dinner and like the waiter comes over after with the bill. Yeah. You guys always ask, how's your night going? Yeah. Yeah. I never do that. I'll just be like, you can stand in silence. I won't go. We're all good. <laughs> I always hate that when it's we're not in... like an awkwardness thing or like an a discompassion thing. It's just yeah. that like I'm comfortable in the silence. If it's you want to talk, we could talk. Always but... awkward to me when we're all talking in a big group and then the server comes over and everybody shuts up. Yeah, and I'm like, don't do this. I, Either we ignore the, the server and we talk to each other, or we incorporate the server. Generally, I'll incorporate the server. I'll talk to the server like a few times, like, oh, that's a cool tattoo. Yeah. Or like, oh, it's really busy in here. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like a, a little <laughs> bit of that. I try not to go too deep in it. It's like a lot of times I just beep, move uh, the card. Dude, I'll find gone. out what their major is. Because <laughs> <laughs> they always have one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, whatever personality type you are. Uh, well, we'd like to learn more about them. Actually, share your personalities in the comments of the video or in the podcast if we have comment fields. I know Spotify doesn't do comments, which I'm glad for. <laughs> we don't really need it there. It would be like, a, imagine how much of your life are you wasting reading Spotify comments? <laughs> anyway, no matter what type of personality you have, we would love for you to join our little club here at the forest creek you can follow us on instagram principally and spotify at the forest creek as well as youtube.com slash at the real forest creek where we're always working on some fun media production whether it is sketches whether it's podcasts like this one whether it's videos long and short form and tons of other cool stuff i'm trying to fire back up get get into writing again that'd be fun Oh, apparently I'm not creative enough to do it. Lots of fun stuff and stuff that we're always interested in talking about. If you want to get in touch with us, you can always do so at theforestcricketgmail.com. And our website, as I say every episode, is coming soon. But it actually is. We're not very far. And we're getting further. www.theforestcreekweb.com where you can also find out about our media production services. Yes, that's correct. We don't just make fun stuff for ourselves. We also we make, make boring stuff for other people. <laughs> <laughs> no, we make it fun. We make it fun. We always have fun doing we stuff. We make it however you want us to make it. And we make it because we love to make stuff. And love to make stuff well. So you can get our professional skills to help your professional business service. That's at the Forest Creek. 
social media and podcasting platforms or youtube.com slash at the real forest creek the forest creek at gmail.com and the forest creek web.com from e to i to n to o to t to f to the j to the o to the n t all the letters good night